Welcome to the Softland Central Podcast, your home for market entry knowledge and resources. Softland Central is brought to you by Softland Partners, an online marketplace to help you find best fit resources for your market entry. Find them at softlandpartners.com. Hi, Bill Kenny here from Softland Central, the hub of market entry. So today our topic is to get into efficient international expansion, and we're joined by Rob Ray from Litus. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Bill. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am fantastic. So here we are. We're, we see a vaccine on the horizon, but it, obviously it's still going to be some time before uh, we get back to what, what any of us would consider normal, where we can travel globally uh, and without sort of uh, any uh, restrictions. And so, you know, we're now sort of a year into this. And, and when you think about uh, some of the things that the companies that are really excelling during uh, this pandemic are doing, um, what are they doing to continue to sort of bridge into new marketplaces uh, and remain efficient uh, in terms of uh, cl new client, new customer engagement? Yeah, well, I, the pandemic certainly challenges anybody within our country, let alone from outside to make those connections, to have those meetings that are really gonna be important for accelerating your business, maybe even just laying in some, uh, some, some groundwork that you're gonna need for you know, years down the line or hopefully just months down the line if you're lucky. Uh, so the, 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 the travel restrictions have been a big challenge. And I, I, the companies that seem to um, do well, not well, but relatively well in this environment, understand that this is the reality and we can sit and talk about the importance of face-to-face -face meetings. And boy, wasn't that great in the past? Well, it's not the reality today. So what can you do? And I think the companies that have embraced the, the, the new reality, and hopefully it's short-term, but I think elements of it will carry forward long-term, um, realize that people will take a meeting virtually. So take the meeting. Don't be hesitant to try to reach out to somebody it may have been hard to uh, nail down for an hour-long meeting a year ago because they're pretty open right now to 20-minute meetings, or they have been for the past year. So companies that I've seen have been successful in bridging this gap of what they used to be able to do to what they can do today are really leveraging that reality. Um, and it also, aside from uh, the fact that you may get a hold of somebody for 20 minutes that they may not have wanted to take an hour-long day, an hour-long meeting out of their day, you can take meetings in California and New York in the same day. That's something you could never do before. So uh, we're in the world of and uh, supporting a lot of times we'll have trade missions coming in and you're squeezing in as many meetings as you can logistically within a reasonable geography. Well, now you don't have to squeeze it in over two days and it doesn't have to be under any geographical constraints. So the companies and the organizations and the partners that understand that and embrace it from what I've been seeing are the ones that seem to be doing well despite all the challenges that we're facing now. It's so funny you say that because my day yesterday started with a couple of meetings in India and ended with a couple of meetings in Sydney, which is is great on the surface, but that's a really long day too. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of personal uh, uh, balance you need to strike. Um, yeah. I, I think we're in the world where we're a little bit spoiled right now with access because you can do that, but you also need to sleep, <laughs> your sanity. So um, I, I think, and everyone has their own way of doing it. I, I block out certain times ahead of the week 
Hmm. I'm just not going to take a meeting because I'm looking at what I have ahead of time. And, and uh, I think a lot of people do something similar. Like you kind of hmm. need that time that uh, I can't do this five days in a row, right. you know, two in the morning and then another one at 9 a.m. Uh, you just need to, to find a way to balance that. Totally. Yeah, no, I, it, it, and we all have our times of day, right? That we're, we're yeah. uh, probably most acute where other times maybe a little less so. Yeah, so. It's not often I schedule these calls on a Friday afternoon, Bill. So this is a little hint to when I usually block things out. So. Well, it, and but I, I apologize, but we could have had beer. I'm, I'm okay with that as well. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling you what's in this cup. So. <laughs> Fair enough. So a, a couple more questions. So let's talk sure. about traction because obviously sales success is is critical to not just obviously um, financing ongoing operations, but in terms of validating the idea of market entry in the first place. So um, what are what are some of the things you're seeing in the area of getting those first customers on board? Well, I, a lot of times if you're, and we do a lot of, we, we interact with a lot of companies in, in Ireland, not exclusively, but a lot. And there's a lot of multinationals in Ireland. So oftentimes their first customer is a U.S. multinational who has a facility in Ireland that they're servicing. And I think what's really important is if that's a relationship that you have, that's something that should be leveraged. You're not an unknown uh, entity. It could be completely different decision makers in the U.S., but you have somebody who can reference what you have done back in Ireland in their case, but in any country. So uh, companies who have a multinational customer in their home base uh, who happen to have, as the, the, the multinationals footprint is strong in the U.S., uh, typically want to embrace that. And when they have that first customer, and even if it's not through that relationship, maybe it's just something that came in through the transom or a trade show from two years ago that finally paid off and you've been in contact with them, um, it's really important to, to, to own that first customer. I mean, that's going to be for you know your building of success in the U.S., no matter how uh, detailed and elaborate and effective your your broader marketing program is and how good you are at converting sales, you need that referenceable customer in country. So we really, um, you know, we always encourage um, clients and, and just people we talk to in general. If you have that first client, hold on to them, service them really well, make sure that you have a solid referenceable first mover in country. Yeah, it it we see that a lot. Where yeah, the the first question the customers in the new country ask is, well, tell me who else you're doing business with here. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, yeah. <laughs> see, and it's very obvious, right? Yeah. And the, in the country in the market is so big, you know, mm. so rather than trying to boil the ocean, make sure you get that first customer. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to try to, you know, branch off of that, build around that. They have an ecosystem, they have references, they have you know, business leaders that they talk to. Um, that's a much more efficient model than looking at the totality of the U.S. market or North America, if you want to get even bigger and say, all right, how are we going to strategize this? We get 10 percent of it. No, no, get that first mover, build off of that. And then once you have some traction, you can do some much more detailed you know, um, analysis of what the overall TAM is going to be of the market you've identified. But get that first one first. That's really important. Oh, ab absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, that, yeah, that focus. Uh, it's certainly with particular small sales teams, uh, absolutely yeah, critical. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've talked about sort of the the DIY or do it yourself model, where you know, sort of, we're in some other country selling into a different country. Um, 
how about the notion of uh, working through partners, channel partners, sales partners, those types of things? What can you talk a little bit about how you look at partnerships? Yeah, so if you have that first customer, usually that's direct. But if you're going to build it out beyond that, um, it's very, first of all, it's sometimes prohibitively expensive to build out higher and have an in-house sales team to do that yourself. Cold calling is not uh, something that works very well anymore. Uh, there's a subtlety to it if you're going to do that direct to consumer or direct to customer model, but that takes time to do it properly. If you have sales channel partners in the country, that's typically the most efficient model to building out a, uh, a, a base of customers that you can service reasonably. Uh, you got to spend a little bit more time educating and, and screening those partners. But once you have a network in place, they're already calling on the customers that you want. And while you may have to sacrifice a little bit of margin because they're going to get their discount or they're going to mark it up, they give you the access that you need to get uh, some critical mass of customers outside of that first mover to make whatever venture you have in the States uh, have a solid plat have a solid foundation and sustain become sustainable and, and scale. So we have always we always encourage and everything every company's different, every market's different, so it's not universal. But in most cases, um, we find that developing sales channel partners um, is is really the most efficient model to, to growing the business. Well, I suppose. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, and the partnership model goes beyond. Um, you may I, I may be cutting you off. <laughs> the department partnership model goes beyond sales. Mm. Everything that you do, um, you know, do not try to uh, use Google as your source of legal reference for U.S. law. Uh, you need. U.S. attorneys advising you. Don't try to figure out uh, what VAT is in the U.S. because it doesn't exist. It's not VAT. Sales. You need U.S.-based accounting partners to work with to make sure that you're you're doing everything you should and not cutting corners. They're going to cost you a lot of money down downstream. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think manufacturing partners. Obviously, Absolutely. there are a variety of different. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. A whole range, yeah. and those are just two examples. It's yeah. Um, it's just it's. Um, finding and, and I think one critical um, characteristic of a uh, the partners modeling that you want to do is you know, find those that are that are used to working with because you're typically if you're new coming into the market you're an SME you're not a billion dollar company or you're probably already here so you want to find partners that understand that all right we're working with businesses who are spending their own money you know they they have to understand that um, they're probably going to give you a little bit of free consulting advice up front. Not a lot, just enough to make sure that, you know, you, you feel comfortable with them and they're comfortable with you. Find those types of partners uh, for the business infrastructure advisement. Sales channels a little bit different. They're just, they want to churn sales. You want to connect with them. You want to feel comfortable that you can work with them. Um, and they're typically working with, you know, smaller businesses anyway. Hmm. But find those businesses, find those partners that understand the size and scale of the business that you are. This has really been fantastic, Robin, and it really just encapsulates a great update in terms of efficient uh, market expansion. Um, before we shift to maybe talking for just a moment on Litus, is there, are there any other sort of updates that you'd want to make sure people are aware of in this sort of dynamic time in, uh, in making sure market entry is efficient as it can be? Well, I, I think because there's limited travel, uh, the businesses and the companies that are considering coming into the U.S., they may be in a, a regime or a country where it's severe lockdown. Mm. And while we have restrictions here in the U.S., you know, we kind of have 51 countries. 
you know, 50 states in the federal government. And uh, there are different levels of restrictions as far as meetings and what can be accomplished on the ground. So don't assume that nothing's happening because things are happening here in the US. Um, so I guess that the parting comment to somebody who's considering coming into the US, don't assume anything. Talk to people who are on the ground here. Talk to people who may be in a region that's not as restrictive as where you are right now. It doesn't mean you can come over and visit customers, but your partner on the ground may be able to. So understand that uh, it's a big country with a lot of diversity in every aspect, um, including levels of lockdown and business interaction. So uh, make sure you reach out to whoever you have in your network to get feedback in real time that's based off of the realities on the ground here. Oh, that's, that's wonderful advice for sure. Um, so let's let's switch gears and chat a little bit about Litus. Uh, do you want to uh, just give a, an overview in terms of what you do and and uh, a little bit more about uh, about your organization? Sure, sure. So, so Litus is an umbrella company of of service providers that support business infrastructure um, needs for companies that are looking to come into the U.S. So our play in the soft land ecosystem is find companies need or help companies identify their needs and connect them with service providers who may be able to support them. And that's what Litus is all about. We have members in legal and accounting in business development in insurance in recruitment. We align uh, for companies who are coming in, we align them with service providers who can support needs that they've communicated to us. We do a lot of upfront consulting as part of our investment in the relationship. And then in turn, we can connect them with sometimes somebody within our network and sometimes people with outside of our network. Uh, we typically work with economic development agencies that the businesses come through, but not always. Sometimes we get businesses coming to us directly and we're fine in both cases. Um, we understand uh, what small businesses are dealing with. You know, I mentioned earlier, we, they're spending their own money and we're not going to no offense to a big four firm, we're not going to recommend to a business that uh, has a you know turnover of 50 million euros that they should talk to EY about tax consulting. It's just not, it's not an alignment that makes sense. So we make sure that when we connect them with somebody, it's appropriate, it's aligned with their needs. Um, we're not like, unlike a lot of soft land um, players, there's nothing wrong with it, it's just the way we have structured, we're not site specific. We're not tied to one geography. We happen to be headquartered in Philadelphia. We have a very strong network here in the region. So a lot of the clients we work with end up here for very good reasons. But we've had clients end up in the Carolinas, in Atlanta, in other areas where it made sense for them uh, based off of their business philosophy, strategy, and, and network context that they needed to develop. Uh, so uh, we, again, we're not site specific. It's the last thing we look to advise on because there's so many other aspects of a business plan and a soft land consideration that we help them identify first. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we're all about. Get the small businesses who are coming into the US aligned with service providers who can help support their, the business infrastructure needs that they have. Cool. And are you both B2B, B2C, B2G? Are there industries? What's, well, what's sort of the yeah, profile. Had, it's a bit more B2B, but not mm -hmm. exclusively, a couple B2Cs, uh, but it's just a bit more B2B. A lot of, we're, we're agnostic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, I think similar to yourself, we're not going to turn down too many things, you know, as long as it doesn't violate something I'm not comfortable with, uh, but we're not tied to an industry. 
and we have SoftLand partners who are. And if we have a specific client who comes in who has a need that aligns with that industry specific area, we collaborate with them as well. So hmm. it's a big market. It's There's a lot of players in it. Uh, and if somebody who's a quote unquote competitor of ours has a, a, an industry niche, we want to talk to them. We want to align the businesses we're talking to with them. Uh, you know, our reputation of being um, really concerned about the client's needs and finding that right connector is more important than having them absolutely go through us for everything. We don't want that. We want to be honest brokers. And, you know, that's that's what our philosophy is all about. That's so cool. Well, that's that's fantastic. And, and really, uh, I appreciate you taking the time this afternoon on your uh, on your quiet day to exactly to give us this update. And uh, is there anything else at all that you'd want to make sure the audience uh, knows about? About Lidus? Mm -hmm. We're always open for a conversation. Um, cool. The, the, the clock, does, you know, the, the billable clock doesn't start anytime soon. So we, we love having conversations. Um, we, whether your business is looking to come in, whether you're um, a, an economic development agency who's trying to understand whether or not it's worth trying to do trade missions anymore in this environment, we'd be happy to share what we have done uh, and talk to you about ideas that may apply to, to the, the clients that you're looking to support. Cool. And we'll put your contact info in the description below. Great. So Wonderful. people will see that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thank you again for taking time today. Really appreciate it. And sure. uh, certainly wish you a great weekend. Uh, to our audience, please make sure to like and subscribe so that uh, you can stay in, informed of all the episodes we have coming up. Uh, but again, thank you so much, Rob. And uh, My pleasure, Bill. Thank you. Th thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you all soon. Great. Thanks.